who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. What is up, Jack Wagon family, Mullah Mafia, everybody, welcome back for another episode. Um, we have had quite the weekend, uh, and so we have a lot to bring to you. Uh, starting off with the most exciting news of my life, uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. liked my tweet today, uh, and I, I, honest to God, I think I can die in peace now. Um, I, I just, I don't know what else I'm going to accomplish after this. Uh, so... What happened was, um, is Han and I were heading back from Nebraska today, uh, and I, I have some more stories to share about this, but we were going through uh, western Kentucky, just south of Paducah, um, right. and I just happened to glance over at I know right where you're at. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so it's a very western part of Kentucky, like just south of Illinois. It's like sandwiched right between Illinois and Tennessee, um, so like the, the thinnest part of Kentucky you can get. Um, but so we're we're driving through there, and I just happened to glance over to my right, and I see what looks like like a retaining wall. And I was like, "What the hell?" And like I take a closer look at it, and Hannah's driving at this point, and I realize it's a track, but like there's no billboards left on it or anything. And I was just like, "Oh wow, that's that's really weird." <clears throat> so <clears throat> Dale Jr. has a show on uh, Peacock Television with his friend Matthew Doner. Uh, and they explore, you know, racetracks like this that have been completely abandoned, and especially if they have, like, history connected to NASCAR and things like that. Um, and so I just, like, took a screenshot on my Google map of where it was and, you know, some locations, and I just put it on Twitter, and I, you know, of course tagged them, but I got some really great responses, you know, from people who actually live there and, and things like that and were actually able to tell me, hey, this is the name of it. It was a really great track, all those other things, you know, why it was shut down. But I'm scrolling through the likes, and at the very bottom is Dale Earnhardt Jr. And Nick, Nick and I were getting ready to do this. I was like, oh, I'll just like check and see who liked this. And I, I saw that, and I, I literally screamed at the mic. And I think Nick had to take his headset off. It was Jesus himself. It, yeah. I, In I, the flesh, on Twitter. But yeah, um, so a, a few notes about my, my drive home. I almost died, uh, which, which was not fun. Um, Nick, Nick will tell you, like, I am I have driven through some, like, really – crappy like really bad conditions and it i mean not that i don't this take it yeah not no. that i don't take it seriously but i i feel comfortable driving like i have literally driven in blizzards in vermont before i have driven in hurricanes like he just doesn't care he sent it onto ice one time ready yeah. to a curb yeah it's just right right in the what, right in the gold gym parking lot yeah yeah um trying to get her soul on george is trying to catch insurance claims yeah so I, when I when I said hurricane, like not an actual, it was just like ridiculous, like heavy rain. But today, um, is we left Nebraska at midnight to to head back, um, and we got to Missouri. Uh, we hit Kansas City, and it started drizzling and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, you know, like it's, it's it sucks. It's gonna rain the whole way because I looked at the radar and I just saw green basically from Kansas City to Charlotte. I was like, yeah, oh, that sucks, but okay. Like, no big deal. And we start driving, and we come over this ridge on the outskirts of Kansas City, and I, the flags, like, weren't, like, flopping in the wind. They were just, like, stuck straight out. I was like, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> and then, uh, 
yeah, I was like, oh, this is fun. And like then, you know, you feel the car starts to get like pushed around and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't like this, but you know, I've I've dealt with worse, so I'm fine. <laughs> and again, like we're driving for a little bit, the rain starts getting heavier and heavier. I'm like, okay, so I I back it off. I'm I'm going the speed limit now. And uh again, I come over another little Which is like an accomplishment. Right? But uh <laughs> so so I continue down the road and then Hannah is sleeping at this point, and I come over this ridge. And it, it was just, like, perfect timing. I came, I crested the ridge, and I just looked off to my right. And it looked like Zeus was just really pissed off. And I, it, it looked like it was lightning bolts, as far as I can see. And I just went, audibly, went, holy shit. And, of course, the Midwest has had really crazy December weather here lately. Um, just before I went out to Nebraska, the entire, that entire region was hit with, like, hurricane force winds. Like, no storms. It was, it was just wind. Um, and then of course, uh, I'll get to this in a minute, but Kentucky was, was hit by that really, uh, rough tornado started in Arkansas, actually went the whole way up through Kentucky. Um, so I just, I was, and the news the night before I had said that, yeah, Hey, you know, there's a possibility of this happening again this week. And I didn't pay attention to what days they said. They just said this week. Um, <laughs> and so that was the first thing that went through my head. I was like, Oh dude, like, like if it was the middle of the day, I think I would have been fine. Cause I, could have seen what was coming. Yeah. But the fact that it was pitch black and I'm just like, I'm, I'm gripping, death gripping the wheel driving. And then like every time a lightning bolt would look over, I'm like trying to see as much as I can be like, okay. And then a group of tractor trailers were going by and I just tucked in with them. I rode with them. I was like, listen, one of two things is going to happen. One, they're, they're going to, you know, communicate with everybody else through the CVs and be like, Hey, got some bad stuff coming in. You know, let, let's pull up here in this park. Or I'm going to see the trailer start to fly and know that I have about 30 <laughs> seconds to make my peace with God. And, uh, but luckily, it, it was, I mean, it was really bad storms. Uh, like I said, scary. Um, the whole way from... This shit is like, it's like trying to drive with a flashlight in a <laughs> yeah. pitch black room. And with, I... <laughs> like slow strobe lights. Yeah. It is absolutely terrifying. And I, I don't know what it is about... So Hannah has a, has a RAV4... And I don't know if it's all Toyotas or just her car in general, but her headlights just suck already. And I was like, oh, this is not fun. Uh, but then, so that was going on the entire way through Missouri. So from Kansas City to St. Louis. Well, then the best part is, is we get to St. Louis and the rain let up a little bit, but I mean, it's still going pretty hard. And then as soon as we hit the city itself, it just went like right back to sideways rain. And um, so again, I slow down and it's, it's, just about 5 a.m. So it's like morning rush hour, 5, 6 a.m. So it's morning rush hour traffic. And so a lot of people are, you know, slowing down, taking their time. And we leave the far left, uh, the fast lane open. And I watched literally three cars go flying past me. And I watched one spin out in front of me. And I was like, this oh is. And then I, you know, I saw two other cars go flying past me. And eventually I saw them on the side of the road too. I was like, oh my God. And so we get up. Uh, to the bridge that crosses the Mississippi River then. And it, it's only two lanes. And I parked my ass in that left lane. I was like, I don't care if you want to go 100 miles an hour and pass me. I'm not leaving this lane because if something happens, I'm not going off the right side of this bridge. I'm staying <laughs> parked in this left lane. And as soon as we crossed the bridge, I got back everything's fine. But uh, yeah, so then uh, we're driving through Kentucky um, just past where I saw this track and everything. And they had that EF4 tornado, uh, I believe it was three weeks ago now, um, 
but you see all the pictures and stuff on Twitter and, and Instagram and the news. And it was just absolutely terrible. Like the town of Mayfield was just wiped off the map. And uh, we're driving, and I was trying to find it on the way there to look and see if I could see any damage. But it was just, I mean, in the middle of the night, it's really hard to see unless you know what you're looking for. Um, and I wanted to take a picture of it on the way back just so I could, like, you know, share it on, on social media of what it looks like. Not, we weren't going through Mayfield. We were a little further away, so where the tornado was kind of ending. And I thought we had already passed, you know, where I thought the path went through. And so I'm talking to Hannah, and all of a sudden, I just, like, happened to turn back to my right. And I just see trees, like, snapped in half and everything. I was like, oh, wow. Like, this must be where it came through. And then it was actually on, like, a lake. Uh, I think it's Kentucky Lake. And I just looked off to the right further, and there's just houses just flattened. And it was uh, very sobering to see in person. Um, so, you know, obviously, thoughts and prayers to all those that were affected. Uh, by that storm but um it, it's 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 one thing to, to see it on the news and like i knew we were driving through there and i was like you know this is very weird like you got a weird feeling and then once you saw like the actual and it was just like a small snippet like i would even see the whole trail or anything i just saw that one section along i-24 and it was just, uh sobering to say the least um but yeah so i i did make it back safe and sound though thankfully uh, just in time to do this podcast. Uh, but we have a lot to cover today other than this. Uh, first things first. Um, sad, Other sad news today. Uh, John Madden uh, was just announced that he passed away today. Um, one of the greatest coaches uh, in NFL history. Um, and of course, the, the pioneer behind the Madden franchise uh, video games uh, for the NFL. Um, I, I will... My earliest memories of playing Madden, and Nick, you can share yours then. My earliest memories of playing Madden is, um, I think it was 2001 with Eddie George on the cover, and we would just always play that whenever we went camping. Um, but just hearing John Madden uh, just scream through the TV whenever I got a first down uh, just just made my life. I think he called like the actual games until like 2004 or five, like in the game. Um, I think it was probably about the same time he retired from doing it on TV too. But um, what what's what's your favorite or or, the, or yeah, give me your favorite memory of, of playing Madden. So as I was say, I definitely don't remember my earliest memory. Um, like my earliest memory is my favorite memory because that's about as far back as I can remember. But um, I used to use it would have been Madden twenty twelve, I think. Um, and it was the Tim Tebow Broncos that had won the playoffs that year in the one play against the Steelers. Um, and I love running quarterbacks in Madden. Like, I love being able to be mobile. And me and some of the boys were playing. And and you can ask Mike sometime. I was, like, 9-0 and with the Tim Tebow Broncos against, like, everybody. Everybody was trying to beat me and couldn't. And, like, when I was 8-0, Ryan was like, if you use the Broncos one more time and win, you're not allowed to use them anywhere. I was like, fuck you, dude. So I did, and I retired 9-0 because I'm a fucking G. Oh, there but, you go. Yeah, that's definitely, like, that was my biggest Madden moment. That was my peak. Yeah, uh, speaking of, of sad news for Nick, um, getting to NFL news, the uh, <laughs> the, the Washington football team 
uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe that game because I was just uh, I I think I turned it off after the first quarter. Uh, that was I was I was very valiant. I watched towards the end, but it was more to see how, like, how we responded. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, that was just I mean it was ugly all around. Um, I don't it to me it almost looks like that the team is just packing it in at this point. That or uh, Dallas is just you know really hitting their stride right now and, and you know perfect yeah, timing. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was momentum on both sides played a huge part. Dallas was catching theirs. We were losing some. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, five days before that, we had played a game um, in Philly with half our team. Um, our defense was missing key pieces, including our top two tacklers. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's next man up, and it, that's a hard yeah. game to say that on, yeah. but... Uh, you know, it it is what it is. That it, it doesn't really change anything. You know, like whether we have everybody, even if we have everybody and win that game, like we don't have the team this year to realistically be winning Super Bowls. I mean, as much as we we all would like to root our teams on and say, yeah, we could win the Super Bowl this year. Like realistically speaking, no, we couldn't. Um, it would take a great stretch of games. Um, you know, but. It is what it is at the end of the day. Uh, I was texting you during this game, and I think the refs were, which we coincidentally had the refing squad that called the least amount of uh, penalties over the year. Um, I think I texted you about that too, and I heard the one announcer say it. But they were being very giving early, and it allowed the momentum. Like there was a play early on, I forget who it was, but got a sack, or not a sack on Taylor Heineke. Heineke threw the ball, and he grabbed him by the jersey and his shoulder plate and threw him down after he threw it like stuff like that like you know that, that's a big that's a big no call especially early on when you allow them to get up 21 nothing like there was a pick early on that was a completely clean other than that at like again you can't blame the refs but it was just frustrating to watch as a fan sometimes you'd like to see everything come together in good ways and that was one of those yeah. games where you see everything come together in bad ways. But it's so. like I, I think you, uh, you and I were texting during the game, and I, I I think you said it to me, but I think that the Heineke experiment is officially just dead. Uh, and I mean, it's not a knock on him; it's just he's not cut out to be a, a full time starting quarterback. Um, you know, he has a lot of heart to him, and he he is a good leader. He's just he doesn't have all the tools necessary to be a full-time starting quarterback. I think he's a great backup option. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. But, if you need some spark. Right, and and to still be a leader on that team. But at the end of the day, I, I, you need a quarterback with more tools and just better equipped to, you know, lead a team um, athletically, at least. Uh, not saying that he's not an athlete. I'm just saying you, you need somebody. Yeah, at the end of the day, you need a better quarterback. Yeah, plain and simple. Like, yeah. I... I think, I don't know if I said this to you, but the exact words I'd used were <laughs> Heineke's heart has been played out and he doesn't have the talent to make up the rest. Right. Um, you know, I, I love the guy and I would never, like, I would, would gladly pay him decently to sit on the bench if, you know, if he was willing to do that. I'd gladly keep him on the team, but not to see out there every week. Yeah. Um, but then again, I, Fitzpatrick's not that guy for me either. But 
no, no, definitely not. Um, <clears throat> you guys, I, I really think you need to try and trade for a QB this year, and if that if that falls through, you need to definitely pick. I would say at the very least, you need to pick up a rookie QB this year, and then at the worst, uh, if Fitzpatrick wants to come back, let him play one more season, have Heineke play one more season, whatever, just to let that new QB have a year to get adjusted uh, and, and ready to play, and then, you know, two years they take over um but you you mentioned the referees so i watched uh the colts cardinals game uh on christmas night um and we, we have just trash talked the refs so much this year but i was it was so hard for me to watch at points because like they were just throwing flags on the most like ridiculous shit <laughs> uh and i just <laughs> i just generally had no idea like w- why they Thought flags were necessary at times, and then there was times where it was like it was there was clear pass interference or holding whatever, and then they just sat on. It. I, I I'm not gonna waste any more energy on these guys. Um, but the Colts do get a big win. Um, Cardinals are, are really starting to struggle right now. Um, it I think so. Yeah, they did clinch a playoff spot, so they're in the playoffs, but um definitely not the kind of slowly spiraling yeah not not the kind of play you want to have leading into the playoffs um but yeah the colts got a huge 22 16 victory um so so they're shaping up right there but they prevented the titans from clinching the afc south um so that's setting up to be a huge battle here the next two weeks to see if they can um Keep keep the fight up and and you know hopefully prevent the the Titans from clinching. Um, now the Titans and the Bills have not clinched a playoff spot yet, um, but I mean they all but have. Uh, the Bills of course beat the Patriots on Sunday and pretty handily. Like it, it was kind of back and forth at the very beginning, but other than that, I think the Bills just control the game from start to finish. Um, I don't think they left any any doubt that they were the better team. Um, which is a far cry from when they played the first time. But granted, when they played the first time, you couldn't throw a ball five yards straight. <laughs> so I was following the game on uh, Dave Portnoy's Twitter. Yeah. Like, those are my game updates. I didn't happen to be watching the game, but I was looking at Twitter and I kept seeing him tweet about how the game was going. I was at a <laughs> random bar in Nebraska watching that. There you go. And there was, there was some other random guy there wearing a Patriots jersey. And. <laughs> I like I want I I I like the Bills. I don't have anything against them, but I have Josh Allen on my fantasy team, and it, it was it was coming down. So playoffs started in my one league, and I was you know playing, um, so the one league we do two weeks, two week period. So it was the last week and then this week, and that was your semifinal. Now the finals is the next two weeks, um, and I was losing after the first week, and so I I really needed Josh Allen to step up, and he did. And then Miami defense went out and got me like twenty some points, uh, so I sealed the way. Now my other league that does that, I lost by like over a hundred points. So I was like, yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, so moving on. Um, coming back to the to the, the oh my god, coming back to the Dallas game. Listen, I just stared at a road for seventeen hours. Okay, cut me some slack. To be fair, it was only sixteen. But to be fair. Um, it was only 16 hours, but you cross the one time zone, so then it just adds an hour on. And I'm not gonna, like, <laughs> so Google Maps tells you, but I didn't want to use Google Maps this time because it kept wanting me to take like a really weird way. 
so I used Waze, but Waze for some reason doesn't do that. And I almost cried. Like I knew, like I knew it was coming, and I knew when it said, "Hey, you will arrive at 4:50." It really meant 5:50. <laughs> but just watching that hour just get added on, I just I I almost started oh, crying yeah. just because I was so exhausted at the point. I was like, I just want to be home, man. I just completely <laughs> demoralizing. Yeah. Um, uh, but sorry. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, this is <laughs> listen. I'm exhausted. I'm gonna get sidetracked very easily tonight. Yeah. Um, but so Dallas ended up clinching the NFC East uh, with their win. Um, but because the Broncos, um, lost to the Raiders, and I don't know, they've explained this multiple times. I've seen it on the internet. It still does not make any sense to me. Um, so the Broncos lose seventeen to thirteen. They get eliminated from the postseason. But because they lost, it gives Dallas a tiebreaker over the Eagles, and that's why they were able to clinch this past week. So the Eagles could theoretically come back and, and tie the record of Dallas, but because the Broncos lost this week, um, yeah, the Dallas it's, gets a tiebreaker. I don't, so whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Dallas clinches the NFC East. Uh, now the Eagles are still definitely right in the thick of it for a, a playoff spot and the wild card. Um. And they so they play Washington again this week, and I believe they play Dallas the last week. Um, so and they actually looked they looked pretty good on Sunday. Um, I I really think the the Giants just packed it in for the season. Uh, they threw Jake Fromm out there, and the guy looked like he had never touched a football before in his life. Which is weird because the game before that, when he was in, he actually looked like. He looked good. He was in for like a drive or two, I think. Yeah. But I was watching him and like he was completing passes. Like he looked good. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I I really think that team just packed it in. Uh, at one point it looked like the Giants were gonna you know pull out a surprise victory because on the first drive it looked like Hurts threw an interception. I was like, okay, here it goes. You know they're gonna start falling apart. They're gonna come put Minshew in, but uh the, the call got overturned, and they get the ball back and they drive right down the field and. Uh, they they get a nice win, um. So they're looking forward to keeping their momentum going to at least, uh, hopefully clinch the wild card. I believe if they win this week, they they clinch the wild card. Uh, we'll have more on all the clinching scenarios for this coming weekend on Thursday. Um, two other teams, sorry, three other teams that clinched playoff spots, uh, the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Buccaneers. Now the Buccaneers also clinched the NFC South. Um, they just stumped the Panthers. Um, can I don't I don't know what to say about. I was kind of excited to see him come back, and he looked so good against the Cardinals. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it was nice to have vintage every, cam. It was nice to have vintage cam for one week, and thankfully, I'm not a Panthers fan. Every but, time I see the Panthers score since Cam came back, mm-hmm. excuse me. I think of <laughs> a video of like his first touchdown since when he came back when he yelled. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's what I think of every time I see the Panthers score. Ever since he came back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, so the the Rams and the Cardinals both have a playoff berth clinched. Um, it's just gonna come down to whoever wins the division there. Uh, now the NFC West is looking like it's gonna get three teams in. Um. San Francisco currently has a 71% chance of making the playoffs, uh, which will be huge for that division because at the beginning of the year, we really only thought 
there was maybe one or two teams that were going to compete. Um, so it's it's good to see that that level of competition has certainly risen. Um, so Matt Stafford, I mean, I like I said, my one fancy league, I lost by 100 points. So it's not like I had, I really had a prayer. But going into the weekend in that league, I was like, listen, I need a big week. And so I benched Josh Allen. Cause I, like, and it's nothing against him, but like I, I know he struggles against the Patriots. Not that he's bad, but he struggles. And I, I started Matt Stafford thinking, it's the freaking Vikings. And then <laughs> that asshole goes out there and throw through, throws three picks. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Um, <laughs> so at that point, I was like, yep, my, nope, that, that season's over with. I don't care. It is what it is. Um, yeah, uh, so the Rams pick up the, the victory over the Vikings. Um, and it, it it's nice to see them kind of bounce back. Because there for a few weeks, it looked like they were... I mean, you're going to fall by way of Seattle and just kind of just completely pack it in for the year. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Listen, St. Fred has been one of those teams that I've been high on and I've been low on, depending on how they've been playing all season. Um, And, of course, right as I get high on them again, we find out Jimmy Garoppolo has that uh, – the bone chip in his, I believe it's his thumb. I think he, um, he, yeah, he has a fracture, but I thought I also read something that he tore, uh, tore something too, or was it, maybe that was somebody else, but I know he does have I, a fracture at least. It, it very well could be. Cause I thought I read something like that too, but then I kept seeing about the, the bone. Um, yeah. But tr- so, Trey Lance, I mean, when he has played this year and he was healthy, he's looked, yeah, he's looked good. Yeah. Um, yeah he definitely but, didn't look terrible and maybe sitting for a few weeks behind, um, Garoppolo and watch because I believe he's been healthy now for a few weeks, but you know, getting to watch and and learn actually now, rather than having to split reps during the game, uh, I think will help him out. And also, not that they have a cakewalk this week, but it, it is a little bit of a lighter opponent, um, rather than having to go out and say you know play the Rams or or something like that. Yeah, um, and I think I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but I think that they handled the Trey Lance situation well. Um, you know, they got him some playing time early in the season so they could see, you know, basically where he was at uh, in retrospect to the rest of the NFL and, you know, then got a chance for him to, you know, watch and learn, like you said. So I think that if he has to play, um, that'll that'll give him a huge advantage uh, now, you know, depending on how severe the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is. Obviously, you'd probably rather have Jimmy G. Uh, come playoff time, but you know that's a couple weeks down the road and something to worry about later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then finally to the last uh, NFL game that we're gonna cover from this past weekend, uh, the Packers Browns Christmas Christmas Day game. Um, I don't, I really don't know what to say about this game. Uh, Baker Mayfield definitely didn't look great. Uh, he threw four, <laughs> four picks, but. I believe two of those picks, I mean, should have been, especially the last one. Um, again, just the refs are just absolutely terrible. Um, the fact that the, the Browns were even able, I believe it was 24 nothing. Maybe it was 24 six. Uh, either way, um, that happened while I was at dinner. But, yeah, the, the, the Browns were able to just crawl back and, you know, make it a, a yeah, two-point game. Um, but it's going to be very difficult now for the Browns to, to try and make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how, how – 
that unfolds for them the next two weeks. The Packers, I believe, if they win this week, they clinch the, the number one seed in the NFC. Um, so, lots to uh, look forward Baker. to this weekend. Absolutely. You know, one of the boys was in the group chat, and every time Baker threw a pick, he was like, Baker's doo-doo, every single time. And I remember thinking, bro, the Browns have to be getting blown out right now. And I see the final score, and I was like, huh? <laughs> but, I mean, big. it must have been a big game from the defense. I didn't get to watch it, but. Yeah, so that uh that wraps up our NFL uh review for this past weekend. Um again, just shout out to the Dolphins defense for for carrying me into the next round of the playoffs in fantasy. Uh yeah, but I I'll, I'll, I'll throw <laughs> Well, yeah, our so the league that you and I are in together is, is the league I lost by 100 points. I was like this Yeah. So I think you and I was... I guess you and I play each other now. Uh I oh, just Oh, in the consolation game. Yeah, I just want you to know I am 100% just mailing it in. I I at this point, I want to lose, so that way I get a better draft spot. Ooh, that's not, fair. Not that fourth to last matters, but... Yeah, right. But, yeah, I remember I texted you, like, right before the weekend started. And I was down by, like, 25 points. And I was like, thank God we have a second week, you know, so yeah. I can so I can hope my team will hopefully go off and make up this 25 points. And, bro, I looked, like, halfway through the one o'clock slate and i texted you and i was like i'm so glad we had a second week now i can get blown out by 70 and i'm pretty <laughs> sure i lost by even more than that i was like oh my god you know like i went into this week i was losing by a lot already um and it yeah it just did not get any better um but yeah so Stupid. that wraps up nfl coverage I'll, I'll let nick discuss some nba news here uh so go ahead buddy Yes, sir. So I was actually very ecstatic about this, um, and I'm not sure why, but I was just like, as soon as I read it, I was like, yeah, hey, we got to talk about this. So Josh Giddy of the OKC Thunder had a zero-point double-double. Uh, so he had 10 rebounds, 10 assists. I actually believe it was 18 rebounds and 10 assists. Um, but it was the first time that a zero-point double-double had happened for 50 years. Uh, like I said, when I read that, I was just like, it just sounds crazy. Like, I, I can't imagine zero points. I can't imagine anybody being in the game for long enough to get 10 of anything and not scoring a point. Like, it just, it sounds ridiculous. Cavs are um, looking, apparently, at, to be a team to watch in the Ben, or with the Ben Simmons talk. Uh, trade Don't do talks. it. Don't do it. No, I. they definitely shouldn't. Like, right now, like that, that team they is... seem to have a great team chemistry. Yeah. Like, playing great. I, I just... You're, like, you're gonna ruin, yeah. Why you're gonna ruin you, yeah. it if you if you bring him in, and this has nothing to do with, you know, how he plays, whatever. It's just he has become such a cancer in that seventy sixers locker room because he doesn't like that people call him out for being bad, and yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, I get that, you know, Philly is a very tough place to play in and all that stuff. But <laughs> yes, it is. Just the way he's leaving his teammates out the dry and just treating them, that is not like nobody expected Cleveland to be this good. They it really like I I don't think anybody picked them to be you know finishing even close to a playoff spot, and so for them to be playing as well as they are, and you know look as good as they do and that have the team chemistry they have, you do not want to ruin that by bringing somebody like Ben Simmons in, and then worst case scenarios might happen, and then you go from being a playoff contender to somebody who's playing for a freaking lottery pick like that. Just, yeah. That I'm just gonna make the plea right now. Don't do it. And and quite honestly, I I don't think that he even brings a level of talent worth being on the team. 
like cancerous aside. I I don't think with the way everybody's playing right now, like I I don't think he really adds anything. I mean, sure, like I I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see it. But you know, that's that's the that's the talk in the rumor mill. But anyway, uh, the Nets are a game and a half above the Bulls in the East. Uh, everybody expects let's them to Bulls. be up there, but let's the go way... Bulls. Yeah, let's go Bulls. Actually, I'm very big rooting for the Bulls this season, um, mainly because I just I don't like the Nets. I'm a huge uh, DeMar DeRozan fan ever since he got screwed over by Toronto. And I mean, we, oh, we've discussed yeah. it. I am definitely not the biggest NBA fan, but I do pay attention when people you know just get treated poorly by their teams. And DeRozan was definitely one of those guys. Like he, he wanted to give his life for that city, and that team was just like, "Nah, get out of here. We want Kawhi so we can go win a championship." And it's like, okay, but he definitely deserves it. The way uh, Lonzo has been playing this year, um, he definitely deserves one too. Um, Levine, I've, I'm a really big fan of Levine uh, since I started yeah, watching it more. It, he just came back, and I believe he had a triple double on his first night back. Um, but I really like watching his play style. It's very entertaining to watch him play. Um, so I'm, I mean, I understand. You know, first and second seed really doesn't have that much sway unless you get to the, you know, the conference finals. Um, but for for the Bulls to be in the position they are right now is great for them, and I, I'm definitely rooting for them going forward. Me too, buddy. Me too. And on the other side of the NBA, the Warriors have a half game lead on the Suns. After beating them on Christmas Day, that was that was a great game. That was it was a good game to watch. I didn't get to see the entire thing, but what I did watch was just pure entertainment. Yeah, um, I I did catch a, a couple minutes, a few of the games. Um, I was too busy meeting my soon-to-be family in Nebraska, <laughs> but I um, went, I, I went four out of five on um, or five out of six, whatever it was, on picks for the day of NBA games too. I, was I think I had them all. I think I got them all right. Oh, yeah. Cause I don't I'm... know. I, I don't know about on here, but like on my parlay, oh, oh, yeah. okay, I put yeah. one together and spread. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the Warriors Suns game was, was definitely a really good game to watch. I think I watched about half of the third quarter. Um, but I mean, anytime you can see Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Devin Booker and CP three on a court together. I mean, it's it's gonna be fun to watch no matter what. I mean, those two could just play two on two, and I would watch. Um, but yeah, so definitely, it it was a great slate of uh, Christmas Day games, and I I enjoyed watching it at least. Uh, like I said, as somebody who's starting to get more into the NBA now, um, I I liked it. And of yeah, course, now that my team, my NFL team is basically eliminated from the playoffs, I can yeah pay a little more and and LeBron NBA. lost, so I was happy too. See, I'm not as happy about that. But... <laughs> But it, it it gives me it like honestly, at, at this point, like I pretty much claim myself as a Laker fan because I kind of followed Braun around, like. But obviously, I love Kobe, um, in the city. So like, I I, I kind of claim it now, which sucks because now that Braun's getting older and he's not as fun to watch, it's like damn, I really I ain't got Kobe or Braun anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of depressing until until we start to do something there's there's talks about trading russ away already because he just hasn't should have never brought him in to be honest like it yeah, so my, my biggest thing with the lakers is 
it's one thing for LeBron to go there and try to bring in these these stacked players. Like I said before, I really want Carmelo to get a championship. And it, it's one thing to try and bring your buddies in together so that way you know you can go get a ring together. But at the same time, you need to understand as uh, a franchise, not you, not just LeBron. I understand he he probably gets to pick whoever he wants to come play for that team, trade wise, whatever. Um, but as a franchise, LeBron is not going to play for the next ten years. He he might play for another five, I think. That that would be my guess because by that point, I think Bronny would be through his one and done college year and then into the NBA. But he's he's not going to play for forever, and he can't be you know, this workhorse year in, year out for the rest of his career. At some point, he is going to, and, you know, and it might not be until his last season, you know, might be eight years from now, whatever. But he he's not going to be able to go out there and put up triple doubles every night and score 60 points and just hope that his, you know, supporting cast can score like 40 combined. And you really need to think about your future and stop trading away all your draft picks and all this other stuff and spending all this money and start signing some young talent. That way you can develop. And that would be the one thing I want to see uh, for LeBron if he's going to be this player GM type of type of guy is bring in young talent to a team and, and cultivate it and develop it. So that way he has a lasting you know, impact with that team. And then whenever he does retire from playing, if he wants to go be the GM of the Lakers or the Cavs, the Heat, whoever, I don't care. He at least has that resume of I, I can bring people in and, and cultivate them rather than just signing a hundred free agents every year that I think are gonna that I'm gonna make them mesh well. Not that they are gonna mesh well. He's gonna make them mesh well to, to work and, and get the result he wants. That's just that that's my only take on that. I just really wanna see the Lakers kind of realize that listen, we need to bring in young talent and you know Yeah, and quite honestly there's no reason like you know, I, I get it. Um, I, I don't quite understand the, the Russell Westbrook. I, I don't think it was worth it. Yeah, he puts up stats, but like we've seen over the years that Westbrook is successful when he is the focal point. And with the way the Lakers are set up, there can't really be a focal point. They yeah. all have to be efficient. Like they all have to work off each other. It just Yeah. Like it when, doesn't mesh well. When Westbrook was on the Thunder with um, Durant and Harden. He was a good, he was a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say good. He was a really good player. He wasn't great. He was really good. And then Harden left and he stepped up and that's when he started to really show. But that's because he basically ha- had to do more by himself. It was just him and KD. You know, I mean, you really didn't have any other players there helping that supporting cast. I mean, I believe they had Kendrick Perkins one year and Kendrick Perkins sucks, period. But, um, <laughs> And then, you know, KD leaves, and he's basically carrying that team by... He literally, you know, what he has, you know, this huge triple-double record because nobody else on his team was good. And, like, he was the only reason that, like... And I understand that, and I'm not hating on him for that. It's just he has spent so long in these systems where he had to be the one and only guy that now he went to the Lakers, and you have to take what he's done for the past seven years and try and transform it into, a, like, a team mentality. And it's very hard. Like I said, I'm not trying to knock him or, or hate on him or anything like that. It's just they really didn't. I don't, I don't think they planned this through well enough. Um, 
and I think you're seeing the repercussions of that now is, you know, this team is really, really struggling right now. They lost to a depleted Nets team. The only player, key starter they had was, I think, Griffin and Harden. And <laughs> the fact that those two, you know, were able to lead a team to, to upset the Lakers should, you know, be a, a huge wake-up call for, you know, how bad, I guess, that the team is. Yeah, and to your point of young talent, like, there's absolutely no reason that team shouldn't be just pumping out young talent. Like, it, that entire team should be teaching that bench. Like, <laughs> just think about how great that uh, any team that you put that many, even if they're not necessarily stars or in their peak anymore, that much just pure basketball knowledge in a locker room. I, I don't understand how the young talent that we do have doesn't produce more. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yes, yeah, some definitely to keep our eye on moving forward uh, with the NBA, especially if, uh, like you said, that the Westbrook rumors are true. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to watch here going forward. Uh, moving on, uh, we're going to talk very quickly about Capital One Bowl Mania and our competition going on. Uh, so right now, uh, the leaders are ESPN Fan and Josh Brooks. They're tied at 12-7. and seven. Um, Very, very tight battle. Uh, we're getting into the, you know, the, the nitty-gritty of it here. Uh, the big bowl games are coming up. I am very excited. There's four people right behind at 11-8. and eight. Yeah. Um, but uh, this weekend is going to be very, very exciting. Um, I mean, Oregon plays in the Alamo Bowl on Wednesday. Um, and then you have the Duke's Mayo Bowl on Thursday, which I'm super excited for because the winning coach gets dunked in mayonnaise, and I just want to see that. <laughs> um, and then, of course, this weekend you have the, the semifinals, uh, the Rose Bowl, uh, and all the other you know classic uh, bowl games. Um, there was only two bowl games over the weekend. Uh, Saturday, one, which, first of all, why this game was played on Christmas, I feel very bad for these players. I think this is the first time in... Or maybe they, they did it last year, I, I just don't remember. Um, but I never remember there being a bowl game on Christmas Day. Um, nonetheless, Georgia State just routes Ball State 51-20 in the Camellia Bowl. Uh, and on Monday, Western Michigan uh, curb-stomped Nevada 57-24 in the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, now we have had a bunch of cancellations. Uh, the Arizona Bowl is canceled. The Fenway Bowl has been canceled. The Military and the Holiday Bowl all canceled. Um, now Central Michigan was supposed to be playing in the Arizona Bowl, Boise State backed out, um, and Washington State was supposed to be playing Miami in the Sun Bowl, Miami backed out, so Central Michigan is going to go over to the Sun Bowl to play Washington State, so at least those two teams, um, were able to get, get a bowl game together, and I actually think that's going to be a pretty good game, um, two, two very similar style offenses in my mind, um, you know, Washington State does like to air it out a lot, but they also have a very tough ground game. Uh, in Central Michigan, um, every year, you know, it seems like they either have a, a all pro wide receiver uh, playing for them or a running back uh, that goes all pro eventually. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, I'm I'm glad those two um, were able to get a game for themselves for bowl season. Um, now, we did have a couple games today, but we will be covering all that stuff on Thursday's episode. Um, that wraps up all of our news for the past weekend. Um, 
And so to wrap up the episode here, Nick and I are going to discuss um, three people that we each think were snubbed from Pro, Pro Bowl selections. We wanted to do this last week, um, but with the Christmas episode and my laptop breaking, um, we decided to just push it off to this week. So uh, we're going to give you each, uh, each of us are going to give you guys uh, three players that we think were snubbed um, from a Pro Bowl selection. I'm going to also talk about why I hate the Pro Bowl and somebody who I think is in the Pro Bowl that doesn't absolutely deserve to be there. So, Nick, why don't you I'll go first? George gets ranty. All right, all right, I'll go first. Give you a second to cool down here. All yeah, right. ladies first, as always. So, in no particular order, uh, my first pick was Antonio Gibson. Um, I think that – well, not I, I think. So, first of all, he has – at the time this happened, this should have been after the game um, against Dallas, but – 1,122 scrimmage yards, eight touchdowns, and 36 missed tackles. Um, Alvin Kamara, who did make the Pro Bowl, um, you know, gonna, it's Alvin Kamara, and everybody knows that he's a great player. But a- as far as the season's gone, he's been fighting some injury, and his stats just don't add up. Um, obviously, the Pro Bowl, to some extent, is a popularity contest, but... That's why we talk about snubs and yeah, we talk about it on podcasts. So. He's definitely not. If we went by my fancy team, I I wouldn't send him to the Pro Bowl. Dude, it almost <laughs> ruined my year. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, hey, you're good. Cut it out, buddy. Um, all right. So my second pick is Josh Allen. Uh, Allen's thrown for 31 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions. Um, he's done that with no O line and no help from his running backs now. His running backs have had decent games, but as far as consistent run game that actually helps him, like uh, a, a lot of times it's more that he helps them. Um, but And he does it really with Diggs as his only big wide receiver threat. Now, he does pass around, and there's definitely talent on the team, but there's a huge difference between Diggs and the wide receiver too um, on that team. Um but with that being said, Lamar Jackson did make the Pro Bowl. Um, now, obviously, we know there's more to his game than passing. Uh, but when you're talking about a quarterback who threw 31 touchdowns and 12 interceptions compared to a quarterback who threw 16 touchdowns and 13 interceptions, um, it's definitely a huge difference. Uh, uh, with that being said, again, popularity contest. Um, and my third pick, I decided to go a little out of the ordinary here. Um my pick, my third pick was Michael. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's on Wienu, something like that. Uh, I, I haven't heard his name said in a game, but he's the tackle from New England. Um, he's allowed only allowed one sack and just nine pressures on 310 dropbacks this season. Um, and compared to, for example, uh, Dion Dawkins, the tackle from Buffalo, who's allowed four sacks and three pressures this season. So. Again, um, and I think this is going to be something that George probably talks about if I know George, but uh, it's not all about who's actually having a good season yeah. in the program. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give my three players. Um, I, do, I, I definitely agree with all three of your guys. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I picked three other guys and highlight them because um, For sure. th- these are three guys that I really feel should have gotten in. Um, first up, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Um, now he has thrown 14 interceptions on the season, but if you watch a Bengals game and you've seen how many passes, 
has have just gone off of his receiver's hands into defender's hands. That that stat is not as ugly as it sounds at first. Um but nonetheless, uh he is eighth in the passing yards. Uh this is before um Sunday's game and he threw for five hundred yards. Um but Mighty jumped up to this. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's over four thousand passing yards now. Um he has so again, before Sunday, he had twenty six touchdowns to fourteen interceptions, uh, and a passer rating over a hundred. Um, but the biggest thing for me is he has the Bengals in position to win their division, after most people thought they were going to be in last place, especially after only having what two wins last year and Burrow's coming off his injury and all this other stuff. Just the bounce back he's had. Um, I absolutely think that he should have been in a Pro Bowl. Um. Hey, tell me he could have quiet the hell down on back there. No, I, I can't. Do that. <laughs> um, yeah, so he he's you know has of course has better passing stats than Lamar Jackson, who got the vote. Um, and so did Patrick Mahomes. He has a better pass rating than Patrick Mahomes. Now I understand that Burrow, um, he he does have mobility. He can run if he needs to, but you know Lamar Jackson is more of a dual threat than than Burrow is. So I'm not saying that, you know, he has a better passing stat, but, you know, that's all he contributes, whatever. Um, moving on, uh, my other snub is going to be Cordero Patterson. Um, he played on the Bears, and I absolutely loved him there. Uh, I was really sad to see him go this year. Um, He's a great guy. He is. Uh, that, that clip came out on, of, uh, of him on Sunday. Um, there was a mom and her, her two kids were standing there in the tunnel. The one kid got yes. a football. And the other kid didn't, and she was bawling her eyes out. So he went over and got her a ball and, like, gave it to her. And, like, just, like, the, the compassion and the heart he has and the love for the game he has. Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. And, like I said, I loved him in, in Chicago, and I really miss him there. Um, but just watching him play this season and, and seeing a team finally exploit his dual-threat ability as both a runner and a receiver and actually use it effectively um, – just it's makes, crazy that like this makes me hate Mac Nagy more. Like, yeah, I really, I really wish like he should have been the the pioneer for like the dual threat like wide receiver or running back like that. He basically is... a typical third down back, but he has the talent and the athleticism to play every down if he if he, he, needs he to is play. what Taysom Hill should be. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He should not be yes. a quarterback. Taysom Hill should yes. be a wide receiver slash slot back slash whatever to, you know get the ball in his hands and he can do things with it but he should not be throwing the ball um nonetheless uh he is fifth and uh combined yards in league with over 1400 um like i said I, I just think he he is so vital to that team um now i understand they're not having a great season but nonetheless they wouldn't be where they are without him uh or kyle pitts but I mean, if you take Cordell Patterson out, uh, I, I think you're looking at, like, a three-win team. Um, moving on, lastly, I'm going to uh, pick Matt Stafford. Uh, Matt Stafford has, I think, been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this year. He's definitely struggled at times. Uh, I'm not going to say he's better than Aaron Rodgers or better than Tom Brady. Um, I mean, his wide receiver has the most receiving yards in the NFL. Yeah, the the fact that, so that you speaks. could get – yeah. Um, he, he like we said earlier, he's been sloppy with turnovers, and, and I understand that. 
Um, but nonetheless, the the fact that he has the Rams in position to win the NFC West, um, I, I just feel like he's not getting enough credit for for what he's doing. I feel um, like it's just a long adjustment period. Like he's used, like he's not used to the talent and athleticism around him. Like he ain't thrown to anybody since Megatron. Megatron yeah. So. <laughs> but so, so so moving on real quick, I, I just I just want to get this off my chest. So I don't have an issue with Pro Bowl voting or there being a Pro Bowl game. My my biggest issue with the Pro Bowl is that this affects dudes getting into the Hall of Fame. Like if if you don't get voted to a Pro Bowl, then you're not like you you seriously cannot get into the Hall of Fame. You have to have one Pro Bowl selection to get into the Hall of Fame. And I think that's the dumbest rule ever. But n- nonetheless, they it, it should not be a fans popularity contest to vote a player in. And, at, and at this point with technology, it should be completely statistical. Like they can figure out strength of schedule and all that. Yeah. shit like there's no way you literally can't statistically yeah, and, figure out who the best running back in the league was right, and, and like i understand like that's what all pro is for you like you get your all pro selection that means that you really are one of the best whatever and uh, like i said i do not have an issue with there being yeah, a pro bowl game like hey the, the fans want to see this guy play in like an all-star game whatever that's fine i understand that i i don't hate it i'm not saying that we need to get rid of the pro bowl game i mean I, Honestly, it the way people have played in the last few years, I wouldn't mind if they got rid of it. But my my well, like I I think that to really simplify it, if you get an All Pro selection, like uh, in my opinion, an All Pro selection matters more than a Pro Bowl selection, especially with fans voting. Like, so if you're gonna give them an All Pro, basically the Pro Bowl is kind of like an All Pro game without um certain players anyway. So like I, I don't know. Nothing in the NFL makes sense. Hundred <laughs> percent honest. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so, my my biggest gripe, and this is with Cowboy fans in general, and mm. people people are giving Trayvon Diggs just the highest praise I've ever heard out of any rookie in my life. Um, and they say that he should be the rookie of the year. And it, you know, honestly, at this point, this doesn't have anything to do with the Pro defensive Bowl. player of the year. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, de- defense player of the year and rookie of the year. Um, well, Michael Parsons would be the rookie of the year, who's Diggs. also up for defensive player of the year. Maybe that's why you're getting confused. But is, is Diggs not a rookie? No. That's pretty, okay. Anyway. Then we got burnt by Scary Terry on Thanksgiving Day last year. Okay. I'm sorry. I, he's he's fairly new in the league. Okay. But all right. Anyway, so okay. Sorry, de- defensive player of the year. You're right. I wouldn't know that if I didn't see him yeah. this year. Um, but so, so my point is, is, so he leads the league in interceptions, right? And that, that's a great statistic. Um, he also leads the league in holding. I, I don't know if that's actually true, but on camera it is. Yeah. It just maybe not on the right. stat sheet. It, and it's not just Cowboy fans. Like, I'm not trying to just call them out, but he ranks 78th overall in, in cornerbacks this year. Um, <laughs> according to pro, he's given up the most yards in the NFL. Yeah, this, this is a, according to Pro Football Focus. For, so it's not just like a statistic I'm pulling out of my ass. Um, he he literally ranks 78th overall. Um, his defensive overall PFF grade is a 59.9. Um, his run defense is a 30.4. Uh, 
<laughs> just like hearing these stats is he is perfect at holding on just enough to be there for when a ball is thrown there to and he has good enough hands to snatch it like that that's what it is yeah he's just fucking holds on and there was a play i, I don't think you were watching i don't know if you watch the game at all even but um he, even one of my dallas fan friends were like i can't believe that's a that wasn't a flag so terry beat him was had him by like probably a good whole stride and man's trips and like smacks his arm into terry's leg and terry trips yeah. and my guy was like what <laughs> i yeah, was like, like Bro. M- michael parsons deserves defensive player of the year and and rookie of the year honestly yeah um, he deserves both tj watt deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year like there's so many people i i could list here before I would ever say the name Trayvon Diggs for Defensive Player of the Year. Like, it, it's great to be leading the league in interceptions and things like that. But here's the thing. So, he's such a defense. I believe it was a, when they played the Patriots, I was watching. He, like, gave the Patriots wide receiver, like, a 10-yard gap and waited for Mac Jones to throw in the ball, and he tried to jump the route and completely whiffed, and <laughs> the Patriots got a free touchdown out of it. Like he's yeah. he's just such a defensive liability, but he gets such high praise that I I, I really don't understand it. Yeah. I, I've been like, saying that, this that, all season, all season. It, it's almost like watching back your football. He just baits the quarterbacks yeah. into into throwing there, and, 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 it, well, and it's because like, yeah, and it, it's because they're not scared. Like Jalen Ramsey doesn't get a lot of interceptions, but you know what? People don't throw to him because they know how good he is. Bro, we it, threw a digs the first play, and what's crazy is, like, that was the only time I've watched Terry go route, or any route deep, for that matter, and Diggs was anywhere close to him. Like, when we played them the first time, Terry had him beat early in the game, and Heineke underthrew him. Like, Diggs is not... A a double move is his biggest enemy. And, you know, I I do, like I said, he gets away with a lot of shit, and he makes it look good, but unfortunately, when he loses, he loses big. Yeah, I, I just, I, and it's not really a rant, um, but I, I, I'm just tired of people thinking that players are are so good and all this other stuff, and oh, he got voted to a Pro Bowl, and it just it just really annoys me, um, because like I said, and it's nothing against Trayvon Diggs, obviously he's in the NFL, he's better than I will ever be, but at the end of the day, he's people just need to understand to learn how to look at statistics and how to read them and not just say, oh, he has, you know, 12 interceptions. He's the best player ever. No, he's not. <laughs> like, how many touch? like, I really wish I could see on here how many touchdowns he's been responsible for giving up. <laughs> I was just, just thinking that. <laughs> I, for, I wanted to look it up and I forgot. It, it just hurts my brain. Um, yeah. It, but, yeah. But that's enough for tonight. Uh, I, well, I, and, and it doesn't, like, you also got to figure, he gets a lot of help from that D-line. Like forcing pressure, quarterbacks just tossing balls in the air sometimes. Like it, he is not, right. <laughs> he is not a good. He's a ball hawk, but he is yeah. not. Like a it's good it's easy to have all those interceptions when you play against Dan, Danny Dimes and Jalen Hurts. And to be fair, yeah. To be fair, Taylor Heineke. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I I'm too tired to just really get into this rant. <laughs> I I need to go lay down, take some aspirin. Yeah. Um. But as always, uh, we appreciate you guys for checking us out and listening to this episode. Um, We will be back on Thursday with a new episode um, to get you ready for 
a huge weekend of football. Like I said, we have a lot of big bowl games coming huge. up. Um, NFL uh, playoffs uh, right around the corner. Um, and I will let you know if I'm going to win my fantasy championships or not. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, um, as always, thank you guys so much for checking us out. As always, uh, social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at Sports. While you're there, click the link tree. Go to our merch store. Check out some merch. Uh, we, we've sold a, you know, a decent amount so far, so we, we are so thankful for you guys for that. Um, but like I said, uh, tell your friends. Uh, tell your family. Uh, just buy them a random shirt. They're going to be like, who the hell is Jack Wagon? And then just, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just make them listen to the podcast. Wear the damn shirt. They'll feel bad. They'll, they'll wear it at least once. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really appreciate, appreciate you guys and all your support. Um, and we'll be back Thursday. We will be back Thursday. Have a great week, everyone. All right, see you guys. See ya. Who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.